Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with Kelsey Boyer all about living with a TBI. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, dysautonomia, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at Integrated excuse me, integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Kelsey Boyer, and Kelsey is originally from Pennsylvania and currently residing in Salt Lake City, Utah. She has spent most of her life following her passion of being a slope-style competitive snowboarder in high hopes of competing in the Olympics. During 2016, she sustained a TBI, which which resulted in an immediate brain surgery, quickly changed, and she had to find her purpose while dealing with bad post-concussion symptoms. This led her to creating a nonprofit, Save a Brain. She spends her winters traveling around and following the snow to places like Japan, Canada, and all over America. She coaches for an all-female progression camp, and she enjoys yoga, mountain biking, surfing, snowboarding, and skateboarding, stating that being in nature truly has been one of her many healers. So welcome to the podcast, Kelsey. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Amy. Yes, thank you. And I know you had reached out to me a few months back on Instagram, and so I'm glad we were finally able to connect um, and be here today on this podcast. So super exciting. You're doing great things, inspiring other people and sharing your journey. Um, So Kelsey, I guess let's first just start by sharing. We got a little taste of what happened in your bio, um, but tell us what happened. What what how, how did you sustain your injury, and what did that look like? Yeah, so back yeah in 2016, I was competing a lot, and I had too many head injuries in about a two month period. So I probably sustained about eight concussions or so in two months. 
And my, I, obviously, I just kept going. I didn't really know the damage I was doing. Yeah. But I ended up, yeah, but I ended up having the, uh, immediate brain surgery. I went two weeks with a bleeding brain, walked myself into the ER. My One of my best friends took me in because she was just like, you are not acting right. Like, something's wrong. And the end result was my brain was bleeding for two weeks, and it shifted 11 millimeters. Wow. So they said, yeah, they said I was lucky to be alive. So pretty wild. <laughs> wow. And so as soon as they found that, you went into surgery? Yep. Basically right from there, it kind of, everything just started rolling quick. I lived up in Breckenridge, Colorado. They immediately had me in an ambulance and was taking me down to Denver to St. Anthony's Hospital for the brain surgery. And yeah, the next two weeks are kind of a blur, but obviously I was in the ICU. They shaved half my head, and yeah, really released all the blood from it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. You said that you had probably eight concussions leading up to this big one. Um, do you, is that kind of what motivates you now, like, to help other athletes understand like, Hey, this, this, you know, this can add up. And I mean, for you, it was like nine concussions, right? It was the ninth one, but for other people, it might be the first or the second one, right? That is, that's the bad one. Yeah, no, definitely. I think what you said is true. And I mean, obviously, as you know, as well, every brain injury is different. And so, yeah, I got very lucky that I could, still keep pushing to have a snowboard career and try to, you know, put, put myself on the line, but yeah, not a lot of people get as lucky and it can happen so quick, you know, in a snap of a finger, I was Mm -hmm. just living my life. And then one quick second later, everything changed. Yeah. And, and how old were you at the time of your injury? Uh, let's see, what are we in? I'm like, what is time? So 2020, <laughs> I, I think it was four <laughs> years ago. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Um, I was 23. Yeah, so real young. I mean, and to have to have brain surgery, um, you know, that's just so young. And what did your mm-hmm. rehab look like? What, you know, after your surgery, spent a few weeks, I know you said it was fuzzy, the hospital, but um, what happened after you left the hospital? Did you continue with rehab or what was, um, what was your prognosis? Kind of the funny part about my injury was they basically just, you know, I had to pass walking, talking, balance, all the cognitive tests <clears throat> right. before I could leave the hospital. But then they just sent me out on my way and were like, okay, come back in two weeks and we'll just do like a follow-up checkup. And so I did a bunch of tests again. They took the staples out of my head and were just like, okay, you're, you're good. And I was like, all right, not really knowing, but obviously it was the same thing. Like I couldn't have sugar, alcohol, or caffeine for nine months. I had to have very limited screen time. Like physical exertion hurt my brain. So I had to like be very careful about exercising but other than that my recovery pretty much they didn't give me anything um I just started having some issues and went about recovery on my own yeah and you know unfortunately I hear this 
way too often um, that, you know, you might get care and rehab while you're in the hospital. And then upon discharge, they're like, okay, you can walk, talk, you're good. Bye. (laughs) Um, And, you know, some people have, you know, a family member advocating for them, like, wait, you want them just to go home? Like what's next? And, you know, it is, it's really frustrating. We're often just left to fend for ourselves. And I mean, you had brain surgery, you know, I mean, it's, it's, not like there was any question what happened to you. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it blows my mind that it's like, okay, bye. Um, and, you know, so yeah. you were left to fend for yourself. What did you find on your own that helped you? Yeah, it, it's honestly, it is so wild to me. And still, like, to this day, I'm just like, that is so messed up. Like, I cannot believe, like, just because every brain injury is different, so every recovery will be different. They're just like, yeah, see you later, like, good luck. And you're like, okay. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I started, like, I wasn't really sleeping. I was having really bad mood swings, and it hurt really bad to move my eyes. So I didn't really know yeah. what was going on, and I started with just, it was pretty much all my family lives in Pennsylvania. So they were there as much as they could through the phone. But a lot of my roommates at the time, I had two of them, they were like, okay, why don't you try yoga meditation? And so I went down that route and that honestly really helped a lot. My mood swings definitely went away a, lot, a little bit more. My sleep was improving, but my eyes still hurt really bad. And so I was like, okay, something else is going on. And then I started changing my diet and just seeing kind of like what felt good with my brain and my body. And I feel like the yoga meditation and the diet really kind of put my recovery in a full circle um, Mm -hmm. as to just like, yeah, lessening the mood swings and everything. But for like three years, I still had really bad eye movement. And yeah, unfortunately, like, I was a, uh, I'm a bartender as well. So I went back to bartending and snowboarding, but you know, it was like impossible to even work with moving my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's definitely a struggle that a lot of TBI victims, unfortunately have to deal with is like, you know, you need to pay your bills and you need to go back to work, but you're having all these issues and nobody can see it. Uh huh. Yeah. So did you ever find anyone to address your eye issues or are you still struggling with that? Yeah, uh, I actually found this treatment center called Cognitive FX. It's in Provo, Mm -hmm. Utah, so south Mm -hmm. of Salt Lake City. And yeah, a lot of my friends have gone there that are snowboarders as well, and they've had nothing but good things to say. And so I ended up getting it's obviously very expensive for a week treatment there but I ended up getting a grant from another nonprofit, and I yeah I went to treatment spent one week there it was obviously like one of the most exhausting <laughs> weeks ever yeah just doing con- yeah constant brain treatment from like eight to six and you're like holy crap but after one week of that and then a month of kind of just keeping up with the exercises all of my symptoms that I dealt with actually were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the eye issues, um, you know, it's, 
it's been speculated that 90% of people who have a concussion or brain, you know, brain injury, um, develop eye problems, eye tracking problems. And no one, none, none of your traditional doctors have any idea how to look for it or what to do with it. And so it is so overmissed. Or is that the right word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so missed. Yeah, <laughs> under, yeah under I'm just making up words. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's yeah. missed all the time. And I know for me, like, I, I'm a photographer. And so I use my eyes every day to do my work. And so I was super mm-hmm. in tune with my eyes. And I'm like, I kept telling everybody who would listen, anyone with neuro in their name, I'm like, there's something wrong with my eyes. My eyes are making me dizzy. No, 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 that's not really possible. And like, when you start learning about it, it's completely possible because your eyes send all (laughs) the information to your brain. It's just, you know, it's just mind blowing, pun intended, I guess. I know. Um, (laughs) You know, that. (laughs) <laughs> that our traditional system just continues to fail us. So I'm really glad you yeah. found cognitive effects. Um, they're wonderful. Um, I, you know, I've gone through functional neurology, um, similar but different protocols than um, CFX. Um, but, you know, it, there, there are people out there who can help us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. anyone listening who has been sent home from the hospital, like, bye, good luck. Um, congratulations, <laughs> you're alive, you know. Um, yeah. Or even you've, you've, you've left the emergency room and you're told, I hear this phrase all the time, you're cleared of concussion. And it's like, wait, wait, what? Like, it can take days or weeks for symptoms to show up. I mean, you've probably experienced that, you know, like, mm-hmm. just because you seem fine the day of, you know, your adrenaline's kicked in, and it's keeping you going. Um, I know for me, the first day, I knew right away, I wasn't okay. I had an excruciating headache. And the world was like moving, if that makes sense. Um, I was sitting still and the world was moving. Um, But then over the next week, my symptoms just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, you know, we've been taught to just blindly trust our doctors. And I think we're starting to see a big paradigm shift with that, that they don't know everything. They can't know everything, you know, no fault to them. Um, Mm-hmm. But they do need to start learning how to refer us and telling us where to, where to turn to when they can't help us. Um, so, yep. so glad to hear that you found CFX. Yeah, I, I was very excited. I mean, I was really skeptical because obviously I've never done a treatment like that. But, yeah, what you were saying, all of the treatments that can actually help us after, you know, with post-concussion aren't covered by health insurance because it's outside the traditional scope of medicine and I'm like that's where it's like yeah our medical system right now is just like to a fault just like not setting anybody up for success because I'm like you know I shouldn't have to like struggle for a year to try to find a way to get treatment for my brain when I like need it like Mm -hmm. I'm just like it shouldn't be that hard for anyone right right it shouldn't be that hard that's absolutely (laughs) The quote of the day here, Kelsey, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm like, we're already on. dealing with so much. And then it's like, okay, you're left, you're left on your own to figure it out. And, you know, for me, I was two and a half years 
um, into my recovery before I found functional neurology. Um, and you were, mm-hmm. what did you say? Three years? I was three years out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't be that hard. No. Yeah. Cause then <laughs> um, you're just living every day with like, and you know, like, I don't know for me, like a big thing as well was like for, I don't know, the first two years I was like, okay, this is my new normal. Like, this is just going to be. And then I was just like, no, like, this is not it. Like, I'm like, there's got to be something out there because, like, you know, nobody should have to live like this. Like, there's got to be a way to help. Mm-hmm. So, Kelsey, were you able to get back to snowboarding? Yes, I was. I actually, I took a season off, obviously, so the first year just to kind of heal. And I don't know, I honestly had – a major like quarter life crisis. And I was like, you yeah. know, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want to snowboard, but I, it's, it's rooted so deep in my heart that I just could not stay away. And so, yeah, I still snowboard every day in the winter and I'm so happy I can do it. Mm-hmm. But you're not taking it as um, competitively anymore. Like it's more just for personal pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I no longer compete. That obviously was not what I wanted. But yeah, I still have sponsors and I still work closely with them and still try to just film some snowboarding to help get it out to the TBI community. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure you're familiar with Kevin Pierce and, um, yep. and his movie, The Crash Reel. And mm-hmm. I cannot remember the name of the woman that's in that movie. It's one of his friends. Um, and she was a, I think, what do they call it? Stunt skiing. Um, and she actually um, died during the, the filming of that documentary. Um, yeah. And it was so eerie because she was talking about how she knows the risks and, you know, that she watched what Kevin went through and everything. And she's like, but, you know, I just, I have to keep doing it. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it ultimately was what took her life. But, you know, yep. you, the diehard pro athletes just, you know, they can't get away from it. And um, I think you said it best. It's, it's just in your heart. You have to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely like, <laughs> You know, I get very caught up still. Like, I feel so good now. I can be on my snowboard, and I definitely get caught up sometimes when I go back to my old ways, and then I'm like, no. Like, you cannot afford another head blow like that. Like, you need to just Mm -hmm. turn. Like, be grateful that you can even turn your snowboard and go to the mountain because, like, I, you know, it's just like it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. And I I assume you were wearing a helmet when your injury happened. I was. I I mean it probably did not meet up to protocol. Um, it had way too many head hits already on it, but I just oh, kept using it anyway because right. it, it mm-hmm. didn't crack. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean that's, that's another, another important actually... lesson <laughs> oh, for anyone listening. Seriously. <laughs> And yeah, that's where the action sports industry to a fault. Like, I just feel like there needs to be more education because, you know, I don't know, we live our lives out there. Like it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me, but it easily could happen to anyone, especially if you're not doing any preventative measures. 
Well, you know, and that's a really great point. And I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but is there a recommended, like, how often you should replace your helmet? Yeah, they say, oh, like a lot of helmet companies say one impact, usually. Mm. Um, yeah, which is pretty wild, just because obviously, like, And what like, qualifies helmet... as an impact, you know? Like, oh. I, yeah, I just... and that's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where there's, like, definitely, like, a gray area um, because, yeah, I'm, like, one impact, but it's just, like, yeah, what does an impact really mean? And, you know, but most people kind of like me are, like, well, if I didn't crack my helmet or split it, then it's fine. Like, yeah, but there's definitely, yeah, but with the technology that they have on helmets, it's kind of just, like, you know, the more you keep hitting your head with that helmet, the less technology it's going to hold up. So it's like, yeah, better just to get a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really a good lesson. That's something, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a snowboarder or biker or anything that requires a helmet. So I'm not really <laughs> familiar with all that. So, you know, such a great point that, you know, you, if you had eight concussions leading up to, you know, your final one. Um, yeah, you probably should have had a new helmet, but I, I totally get it. You're like, it's not cracked. It's not scratched. It's not dented. It's fine. Um, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Let's go. And then you're like, wait a sec, <laughs> like, hang on. You know, and, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's not like my electric toothbrush, the bristles start to change colors when it's time to replace the head. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> the helmets yeah, have some and, sort of like, little device in that that tells you yeah for sure and yeah there's definitely just so I don't know not enough like education and awareness of the riders you know like we just ride our snowboards and that's what we focus on we wear helmets usually only when required in contests but most professionals don't if they're not competing and I feel like this is where the whole that's interesting. You know, like yeah. it won't, it won't, it won't happen to me. Type. Yeah. So it's interesting. <laughs> and do some states have laws requiring helmets? I feel like, like for instance, Colorado. I thought you had to have a helmet on the on the slopes. Uh no. So actually, I think the only law that Colorado does have it's for motorcycles only. Um. But, yeah, you can, like, I don't think any states yet have any laws like that. But, I mean, that would be really cool if they did. <laughs> maybe it's just minors that I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, it Maybe could it's just be. under it 18. Be, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, everything that I know about snowboarding, it's definitely, like, not a required thing. But I think it definitely should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're probably familiar I don't know, maybe you're a little too young. Um, Natasha Richardson, um, she died after skiing. Gosh, it's probably been at least 10 years. Um, she she was an actress, and she yep. had taken a pretty bad fall skiing, and she died several mm-hmm. days later with a brain bleed. Um, you know, so similar yep. to you, you were walking around for two weeks and didn't even know. Um, so I want to jump back to that for a minute. You're walking mm-hmm. around with this brain bleed for two weeks. Did, did, were you having any sort of symptoms? Like what led you to getting that looked at? Yeah. So I actually, I was still snowboarding, but basically the doctors thought that I broke my 
pelvis in a way. And so I was getting a bunch of like x-rays on that and they didn't really care to check my head. My friend, (laughs) Melissa was actually like, yeah, she was like every time. So she was driving me to the doctors and she was like, she's not acting right. I think, you know, like something's going on with her head still. She was concussed, but you know, can you check her? And everybody just like, that took an x-ray or something like that I was fine and little did they know what was going on inside but yeah so then for the next two weeks I was snowboarding and we were actually in Jackson Hole Wyoming so I wasn't even at home we were filming and like everybody with me I was throwing really bad temper tantrums uh I wasn't really sleeping still and then when I started what I remember a lot is like I was gagging. I started gagging a lot and I, you know, was nauseous, had no appetite, but the gagging was what really got me because I was like, what is going on? And something definitely didn't feel right at that point. I was like, my body is like trying to tell me something. And so, yeah, we just drove back eight hours and my friend Micah took me right to the emergency room. And like, did you ever go back to that doctor and be like, yeah, I had a brain bleed. Oh. Thanks, dude. <laughs> you know what's so, okay, to this day, so I've seen, so in that time, like, basically I was at a contest when it happened, and I got on the chairlift, and I had, like, really bad ringing in my ears, and my vision was all blurry, and it's so wild, but I had, like, a voice in my head, and it was just, like, your brain's bleeding, And I was, like, a little freaked out, and I actually went right to ski patrol, and I was, like, I think my brain's bleeding. Like, can you check and make sure I'm okay? And they were just, like, you're just concussed, you're just concussed. So that was at the top of the course. And then I went down to ski patrol on a toboggan sled because I couldn't even snowboard because I kept, like, falling over almost. And then the ski patrol at the bottom, same thing, checked me out and said, you're just concussed, you're just concussed. And then, like, two more doctors said that I was just experiencing post-concussion syndrome. And, yeah, finally the ER. And what is wild is as we're there, I'm telling her the past two weeks of my life, and she's just like, well, you seem fine. You're talking fine. But just in case, we'll go take a CAT scan. Oh, my God. So they almost didn't even take a CAT scan. Yeah. And then she came back and was just like, her face was like white. And she was just wow. like, yeah. Yeah. So I like, you know, it's five doctors. And yeah, to this day, I'm like, they almost killed me and they have no idea. They're just like out there. Like, and yeah, it's definitely mind blowing to me. Cause I'm just like, you have That's no like idea. so incredibly frightening is their ignorance um sometimes it's their ego could potentially kill someone right and they won't even know Mm -hmm. it like you said it's like they have no idea that you know the next week you you found a brain bleed um I know I'm like what it's like and and a CT scan is like no big deal Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess unless you don't have insurance, it could be a big deal. But it's like sending someone for a, a CT is like no big deal. Just do it. Yeah. 
you know, it's mm-hmm. peace of mind, if nothing else. I mean, Definitely. I can see waiting to do an MRI. You know, MRIs are a lot longer, a lot more cumbersome, more expensive. Um, but at least do a simple CT, see if there's a bleed. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so glad your friends were like, something's <laughs> not right. She's not okay. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, I, people listening probably heard me on, on other podcasts, but like, you know, you know, you're, if you're a parent, you know, your kid's best or you know your loved one best. Like if they're not acting right, there's something wrong. And don't just blow it off as, you know, oh, they're not getting enough sleep or whatever. Like, you know, like get them help. Um, And you and I both were almost three years out before we got help. Um, You know, it's the sooner you can get into an intensive and get treatment, the, the better your outcome is going to be. I mean, there's help at any stage. You know, like I said, I was two and a half, you were three. I know people who are five and 10 years out and see drastic improvement, um, but you can get more improvement sooner, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, just yep. <sighs> yeah. don't, don't always like trust you your doctors. <laughs> trust your gut. You know something's up. And, yep. and I guess in your case, maybe you didn't you didn't specifically I mean once you started having the gagging and the nausea you knew something was up but your friends were like something's up so definitely listen to that intuition Mm -hmm, for sure so um we are just about out of time Kelsey this has been such a great conversation Mm -hmm. um I want to make sure we take a minute to talk about your organization save a brain um tell us a little bit about it so back, yeah, it's been a year now, but finally back in April, I just got Save a Brain 501c3 nonprofit certified. We are working on spreading awareness of the long-term mental and physical effects of traumatic brain injuries and concussions, and we are aiming to connect individuals to treatment centers and financially support them so they have the opportunity to heal and treat their brain to continue living a fulfilled life. And obviously, we're in the beginning stages of it. So right now, we're just trying to build a strong foundation. And, you know, anything helps with spreading awareness. And, you know, that can literally save a brain in itself. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's our goal right now. I love the name, Save a Brain. (laughs) Thank you. And your website, is it saveabrain.org? So it's. It's it's actually so we had like some issues with getting the legal name so it's Save a Brain Inc like I N C dot com so that's our website right now and then yeah you can find us at at Save a Brain on Instagram and we're trying to have like a very heavy social media like education awareness right now because it's like kind of all that you know COVID times it's pretty hard to go do events and everything. So we're we're just focusing on our Instagram to help educate people. We're working on some concussion pamphlet packets for children and adults. And we're also working on a concussion cookbook right now. Oh, I love it. Love, love, love it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you had talked about your diet and how um, how you felt that really helped you. And, um, yeah, diet is huge and it's not talked about in your mainstream medical. And so that brain gut connection is actually a lot more important than anyone really realizes. I know I didn't realize mm-hmm. it at all until after my injury. So 
Um, so Kelsey, we're just about out of time and I'd love to wrap up with you just asking you what your final thoughts are for our listeners, anyone who might still be dealing with post-concussion, you know, what is your advice for them? I'd say the biggest thing that I've taken from my injury and recovery is honestly just being patient with yourself, with your brain, with like with your body, because you know, like you have no idea what's going on inside of there. And as, as much as you want to be like stressed and frustrated and give up all of that, honestly just stresses the brain out even more. And there, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people as long as you just stay patient and positive about it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just continuing to hold faith and mm-hmm. um, there's always hope, you know, no matter where you are in your recovery. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much for being here today, Kelsey. I um, have updated. I have your website in the show notes. It's saveabraininc.com. And so Mm -hmm. anyone listening can simply go click on that in the show notes. Um, And just thank you so much for being here and thank you for helping spread awareness and keep continuing to do what you do. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for everything that you do for the TVI community. And yeah, anyone, if they ever just want to chat or reach out, just please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or anything like that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kelsey. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just, again, you can find um, Save a Brain in the show notes. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can grab your free consultation with them at integratedbraincenters.com. And you can find all previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes. Or you can go to facesoftbi.com to find all of our past episodes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also remember to join Amy's TBI Tribe on Facebook. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you in the next episode.